Hello, and welcome to episode 96 of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers. Bye, writers. To keep you writing. I'm Marshall. I'm Nick. I'm Brent. I'm Will. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. I got an email, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, I gotta hurry up and send this reply. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So anyway, we're back, guys. Lady Gaga's tomorrow. Crap, we're close to episode 100, guys. We gotta do some. Just thought, just thought about that. Oh yes. <laughs> but as promised last week, we're gonna talk about Charlie Jane Anders' book, uh, "Never Say You Can't Survive," and Brent's nope. gonna guide us through that this week. So I appreciate you all being here. I'm very excited to be sitting here again. Uh, what you got for us there, Brent? Let's do it. All right. So, um, "Never Say You Can't Survive." It is a collection of essays that Charlie Jane Andrews wrote during the beginning of the plague in uh, 2020. And um, it's just basically, it's like, well, honestly, it's hands down my favorite, like writing craft advice, whatever you want to call it book, like ever, like number one, without a doubt. So um, yeah, so I sing its praises a lot and I really wanted to take the time to like kind of dive into it and, and, you know, talk about it. But to start off with just keeping it real general, I wanted to kind of like just broadly go over some of the themes in the introduction and just kind of like related to um, things we're working on, things that we have finished or things that, you know, we're, we know we want to work on basically. And I say this because I know I have a whole ass novella coming out soon-ish and, um, Nick and Marshall over here have whole novels they're having to write soon. And me and Will just talked not too long ago about stuff he's working on. So I just thought it'd be cool to kind of like frame it through that lens. So, okay. Let me crack open the book here. I got it in front of me. All right. So we are starting with the introduction and all right. So um, in 2020, like I said, when uh, Charlie Jane was writing this book, um, she talked about how imagining new worlds got her through that year and just um, reminding herself that writing is an act of self-preservation, which I thought was really cool. So I wanted all of us to kind of look back on 2020. What was that like for us writing wise? And um, did we learn any lessons from trying to be creative during that year? So I think I'm going to kick it off with, I want to start off with, oh, Nick. Okay, volunteers. Never mind, Nick. Get at it. All right. All right. So I got to say, I love the introduction. There's so much to uncover on this one. And I'm glad we, we get to start with it. 2020 for me was like a big year, though. Like, it wasn't just COVID for me. I got married. I got kids. Like, writing-wise, like, there wasn't a lot happening in the beginning. Okay, well, big fun of me. Why don't you? Um, I see your face. I see your face, Will. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, it's like, oh, I'm so busy. I got pants like, now. Oh. <laughs> me, 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 me. That's not right. Come on. That's all I heard for two years straight. That's a good impression. That's what I was going to say. It was just when you were like, I got kids. It's like you acted like you just picked these kids up at the store and we're like, all right, you're mine. I mean, you kind of did. I mean,. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm a Mormon now. I'm going to go pick up the kids at the, at the um, supermarket. 
Uh, I mean, it did kind of seem like like it was like a, I'm Amazon <laughs> delivery. Okay, the kids are here. Yeah, two day yeah. delivery. I felt like we were playing were the game kidding. of life. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, I spun the right dial. So I, I got, got married, and I have three stepkids now. Uh, <laughs> and so writing for me was a really big adjustment period. Um, I had to get more purposeful. I think I finished my first novel ever that same year at the end of the year. Um, and I wrote through, man, I, I mean, I got laid off. I had a crappy job where it was really bad for me, but like, I still was able to complete something, even though it was a terrible something by the end of it. Um, but I still wrote, and I was still writing short stories along that way too. Um, so it was writing wise, it was really hard because there was too much of the other stuff going on for me to actually focus on it. But if I didn't write, things got even worse. All right. Uh, Marshall, what was 2020 like for you writing wise? How was it trying to be creative in that year? Horrible. I, 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 I don't think I wrote much that whole year. If I'm being honest, uh, I, I tried to write some stuff. I think I was writing some shorter stuff and, and, you know, and, and, and around the context of the podcast and talking to you guys and, stuff like that like you know trying to put like short stories out there was about as much as i can muster and i honestly don't think i even i might have done that a couple of times like 2020 was about surviving work remote teaching and like lockdown and rebuilding my fence like it was just all life stuff you know um one of the things i wanted to point out though because 2020, and like I said, 2021 wasn't, I think the 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 thing about 2021 for me, and we're not talking about 2021, but like starting this program was a huge part of that. Like being able to like do something, like get my writing focused in some way, you know what I mean? Because 2020 was rough. Um, but one of the things that I loved about this intro that Charlie Jane <laughs> points out. Um, and it's literally on page two. She says, people sometimes talk about escapist storytelling as a kind of dereliction of duty as if we're running away from the fight. That's some garbage right there because escapism is resistance. Um, and I did a lot of escaping at the time, you know, 2020, I was watching a lot of TV. I was consuming stories. I mean, during lockdown, my family, we watched, pretty much the entire MCU in chronological order. I mean, you know, rewatch star Wars, like just consuming stories and escaping. Um, I think helped keep me sane. Honestly, I don't think I'm doing, am I saying now? I don't know. It's, it's a whole different thing, but, uh, the point is, is that we got through 2020, um, and I'm writing again, which is important, but, um, but yeah, I can't imagine being a, a Brandon Sanderson who, their way of coping with the pandemic was writing five novels. Like I wrote like two stories, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's really interesting how different people handle it. But anyway. All right. Well, what about you? What was 2020 like for you writing wise? Um, I finished two short stories. Um, and I did a, um, half of a novel, which, I actually haven't picked up since um, it was for something totally different that I didn't tell anyone about. Um, 
And that was it. It was interesting, the things that I wrote about. But I think people might correlate it because it was 2020. I think I just had more time to think about grief and death and um, the nature of moving beyond. Those kind of were the two themes of the short stories. And the half of the book that I wrote was, um, I think, uh, way more like horror, bloody and violent. Mm. Yeah, I always feel guilty about when I talk about like my creativity in 2020 because 2020 was like a wellspring for me. Like I got I I, I finished I wrote a whole novel. Um, Firecon happened. Uh, I edited the anthology with Tor. Uh, I did you know it was like 2020 was actually a very good creative year for me, and I think for me it was that way because. As awful as all of that was, it actually forced me to slow down for the first time in years. Like I hadn't, I didn't have to, I, I didn't have to deal with three hours of traffic a day anymore. I didn't have to try to squeeze in the workout in after work or before work. I didn't have to, you know, um, try to make time for the social gatherings I would normally have made time for on the weekend. So I just had this wealth of free time that I didn't have before and it all went into the writing and it was like I, and maybe the maybe that was my escape but um yeah and I was able to consume so much more media than I had in years like I went through I blew through like three whole anime shows like in like you know in like in like a couple of weeks like I so creatively for me it was like I don't know I was on fire yeah. And I always feel guilty about saying that just because I know what the rest of the world was looking like then. I forgot. I wrote an angry essay that year. That was oh, yeah. <laughs> that was And it was part- on NBC Think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the one creative thing I think I did that sparked the fact that I didn't write that much after because I was doing like community stuff. Like I was like I don't know not inspired, but like just angry and wanted to try to figure out how to change things. And yeah, that was 2020. I forgot about that. You know, I think also, I know a lot of people have said, you know, Brandon wrote four books and everything, which I think is amazing because that's the way he deals with stress. But also I hope no one listens to that and gets discouraged. Right. Right. Because Brandon also has a lot of privilege you know, he, um, and that doesn't take away of how hard he works and right. how creative no, he sure. is. I'm not taking that away. He's super talented. Like we love him. Um, but I also want people, if they hear that, don't get discouraged because Brandon also has been doing this as his full-time job for years and years and years. Yeah. He also has a great support system, you know? So if you're a single mom and you didn't get to write anything for 2020, or you only got to write three sentences, like, Yay you. One, you survived. One, you have um, kids and you're doing it on your own. So any type of writing that you got to do in 2020, any type of creativity, even if it's just outlining or character sketches, that's still a whim because sometimes just to do that is like a form of resistance. Yeah. 
inching forward is still, uh, an inch of progress is still progress. Like, and, and I think too is you also got to think about and come to terms with what your definition of success as a storyteller looks like. Because for some people, they just want to, and, and I always remember my, um, one of my professors saying this. They're like, I, if I could only ever write one story like the lottery, I would be happy. And it what he it, so for him it wasn't about money or having thousands of books out there. He just wanted to write one story that was as memorable as Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, and that impressed in on the collective consciousness as much as that. So that might be your goal, and if that's your goal, well, you don't have to write fast. <laughs> so I mean, you know, think about um yeah, and and just come to terms with what that means for you. And I think especially in this industry. There are, there's unfortunately so many ways to fail, and I'm using little air quotes for that, fail, um, that, you know, you got to figure out what success looks like for you, especially after 2020. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that upended so many things and expectations of that people had about the world. All right. So, yeah. So, that was the framework that Charlie Jane had going into it. And um, the second part of what she was talking about, you know, writing as an act of self-preservation. So, Outside of just 2020, but in general, um, can you think of ways that your writing has been an act of self-preservation for you in like your own journey? Uh, Will, I want to start with you on this one, actually. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, God, how deep do we want to go? As deep as you want to go. I'm not going to press. I'm not going to. We don't have to do like deep sea mining if you don't want to. But No. I mean, for me, writing has always been a way of surviving. Uh, especially, and it really started, I think, during my teenage years because things were just chaotic and terrible. I needed a way to process things that were happening that I couldn't process consciously. So I created stories and as a way to deal with multiple different traumas. And then later on, when other things were just terrible, once again, after some like really amazing years, um, writing was also another way that um, I could channel that energy. But I'll say this, I'm not someone who likes to write when they're upset. I actually write my best and most frequently when I'm happy. You know, like, I don't like giving that like, oh, you have to be a tortured artist to create great work. I don't believe that. But I definitely have learned to channel my energy and stress through writing. So for me, it's just a way that's healing. And also it aligns me with my anger. And I think having an access an uh, outlet for anger is really good. It's not that it makes me less angry. Sometimes it actually makes me more angry, but you can channel anger in a way that it's uh, not destructive. You can channel anger in a way that is righteous and um, positive. It can create something positive out of your anger. And I think that's a lot of times we view as like anger is bad and you need to suppress it. Not really. 
it's, it's what you do with that anger. It's how you're going to channel it and how you're going to focus it. And, you know, I really do believe that the pen is mightier than the sword. The way that you can connect with people and with yourself through words and through the stories that you're telling, um, is just, you know, pretty cool. All right. I won't toss that off to you, Nick. When has writing been an act of self-preservation for you? I'm going to be honest. I don't think it ever has. That's a fair Um, answer. Maybe that's like, I process emotions really well, and I'm very emotional aware of myself and what I'm going through. However, that doesn't mean I don't process emotions through writing. Um, One thing I learned through the MFA program, I wrote a short story that first summer about PTSD and processing that and things like that. And that actually helped me uncover a lot of my stuff uh, that I was struggling with that I didn't know about, but I wouldn't call it like an act of self-preservation at that point. I think it was more of an act of self-awareness. If that makes any sense. Yeah, nah, totally. Um, all right, Marshall. Yeah. Kick it to you before I jump in here. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to, kind of go back to something will said um about anger um and like i i feel like if i have if i'm angry and i'm writing it's not fiction you know what i mean like it's usually some sort of way to process whatever is going on in the world you know around me and i'm writing something to kind of just deal with that like but as far as writing isn't act of self-preservation in general. Well, well, I like, I like what Charlie Jane says here. That if you're angry, stay angry. Anger is the best fuel for writing. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think it depends on what you need, what you need to process. And I think, I think Nick is right there too. It's like, it doesn't work the same way for everybody, but at the same time, if I'm writing fiction, um, a lot of times it's not, it's not, that's not my act of self-preservation. That's usually when I dive into something else, you know what I mean? Or we're like, if I'm, if I'm angry about something, I will write some piece of nonfiction or dive into some other world, you know what I mean? Um, but then when I really get into it, um, I'm not sure. Speaking of sanity again, I'm not sure if I would be the same person if I didn't write though. So I don't I think that anytime I'm writing, it's preserving who I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um I guess for my part, I think the self-preservation definitely as self-preservation as writing happened a lot earlier in my writing years, I think. I think when I was like a teenager or in my early twenties, um it was definitely more of an act of self-preservation and in the ways I, I, I realized and didn't realize until later. So, um, you know, being being a, a gay teenager in the South, heavy religious, all that, blah, 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 expressing any kind of like desire or attraction for another man just wasn't something I could openly do. But you know, I was able to express that part of myself in in the worlds I created, in the in the uh, in the male characters I created, 
And, you know, I was, uh, th- this is one story I tell, but I wrote this god awful fantasy novel when I was like, I don't know, 20, 21. And um, I let a friend read it. And so uh, after after he read it, he came to me and he was like, the, he was like, Brick. He kind of like whispered. He was like, are, are, do people know? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, do they know you're gay? And I was like, I was like, what? What do you mean? He was like, he was like, Brick, like, yes, this is, <laughs> this is, this is like the way you wrote it, the way you described the men, the way you like talked about it, the way you had them interact with each other. And so, um, yeah, so I think in that way, very early on, at least, um, the writing, you know, was, uh, definitely an act. Like a lot, I was throwing out a, a life raft for myself and didn't realize it, but yeah. Yeah, made me think. I do know the first time it was through self-preservation, through anger. I was out sick in eighth grade for about four days. And my eighth grade teacher, Mrs. Domenico, had the class write a future story of the class. (sighs) This enrages me now even more. And five guys wrote separately, maybe they did this together and thought it would be funny, that I um, died of AIDS. And um, that, when I found out, because when I was absent, so like, why would I want to find out? But everyone started telling me this. And that is when I started writing as a means of like, well, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers off in my story and it's going to be fucking bloody. (laughs) Um, But I think it was also a way for me to not turn inward and, um, or outward and uh, beat them up. I beat them up later. That is my first, that was my first, I think when I really wrote something because I was angry at people's just meanness towards me. And it really started fueling my writing. So, okay. That's actually, wow. That you, you kind of set my next question up like perfectly, honestly. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to run with it and I'm just going to have you answer first since you kind of like did it. All right. So what advice or thoughts do you have on someone kind of struggling through writing through their bleakest moments? Because that's something Charlie Jane talks about, especially in terms of 2020 and just the weight of that year. And unfortunately, every year since. But um, yeah, what what would be your thoughts or, you know, advice on somebody trying to write through those moments? What you described was pretty bleak. So, let you. As the ambulance goes through my door. Um, yeah, even more. God, in the, background. the universe is giving you everything. Yeah. Um, I would say for your own health, through your own mental state, create. Because creation is a form of self love. And my, uh, my Sifu, my Kung Fu teacher as a kid, when we would meditate, 
he would always talk about training your mind, right? And I would always be like, but Sifu, like I'm not concentrating. I only got to like meditate for like literally 20 seconds. That's the only time that my brain was like calm. And his response was, it's 20 more, it's 20 seconds more of peace than you had before that. So when you're going through your bleakest moments, just writing a sentence, just writing a character sketch, just writing a plot point is more than you had before and you're feeding yourself, you're nourishing yourself because none of us, when we start creating, are thinking, I mean, maybe you are, I'm just not that bold. Um, I'm going to be a millionaire off of my books. This is what's going to happen. You're creating because of a deep need to create. And when you're going through something that's just so hard and so bleak, give yourself that grace And just create, even if it's small, because it's the same way of when you like plant a tree, you just give it a little water every day and a little bit of light and it keeps growing. And that's the way you got to look at your writing. That's, that's a good start to this. So, uh, I'm going to roll the ball along. I'm going to pass it to Marshall. Yeah. So I don't know. I was thinking to along these lines, as far as advice goes, um, one of the things I was saying earlier was how and Charlie Jane said this too, is escapism is, is, is important, you know? Um, and whether that be consuming someone else's art or creating your own, but I know one of the things that, um, that I think is really important for a lot of creators right now is seeing yourself on the screen or seeing yourself on the page. Right. So if you don't, if you're not seeing yourself or, or your story isn't being told and you need to tell that story, like Will was saying, that's the time to, to put yourself on the page and to create that thing, you know, and so that you can see not only yourself, but your family reflected and your community reflected um, as a form of, of processing some of this stuff too, because I know for me, I know a lot of the anger and stuff that I'm dealing, that I deal with day to day in the, in the community I live in is, is feeling unseen and unheard and like just ignored, you know? Um, and so figuring out a way to make yourself seen, whether that be starting a freaking podcast or writing a short story or whatever that looks like, or, you know, making a freaking YouTube video of yourself on vacation. Like, look at me, I'm black and doing this badass thing in this part of the country. Like whatever that is, like, I think is, I think is really important. So, um, yeah, that's my advice. Figure out a way to see yourself. All right, Nick, what do you got? Man, so if you don't have this on audiobook, I think you should. Because Charlie Jane reads it themselves, and it's really good. It's really empowering. What I took away from the intro and the first couple chapters is giving yourself the permission to write. Not just write in general, but write that story that you want to write. Write about fairies if you want to. Write about your deep-seated anger emotions that you're having right now give yourself the permission to not only feel it but to write it to put it into your work um and that's kind of like my big takeaway advice is 
go ride it. Go do that thing you want to do. There's nothing stopping you. There's no reason like you can't just write it for yourself and then bury it and put it in a trunk. Will, you want to throw something in there? Yeah, because I just want to talk about this for a minute because I know if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you're like, I kept thinking I didn't have value with what I was going to say, right? But if you still feel like that, like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I have to say. I don't know if anyone wants to listen or anything else like that. It's even more reason why you need to write. Because you, it's it's not sometimes always about what you think. Sometimes we're way too on our head. We're way too hard on ourselves. So even if you don't have anything, you're adding anything to the conversation. Even if you don't think you have value <clears throat> in that way, do it anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things, too, I want to throw out there, too, is one of the, I keep bringing this up, Brent, by the way. I hope you don't mind. Um, no, but whenever we're out you know, talking, um, in my MFA program and, and with other community, I'm just like, you know, me and my buddy Brent, man, we just, sometimes we just want to see black folks riding dragons and shit. Like, yeah. Like the story I'm setting out to write, it's a black space opera and it's just like black folks having space adventures and like the other shit is there. But like, if that's what you need to do, like, that's what I need to do right now. I need to write a freaking. I need to write something fun. I need to write something cool. I need to write something that I can see myself in. You know what I mean? And I think that's super important to a lot of the things we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, however long the four of us have been together. I lose track of time COVID, but um, you know, but I mean, we've been having these conversations for all this time, but like it's about creating what you want to see as well as processing what you're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess my thought would be uh, it, it make sure you're writing to the bleak moment and not that you're running away from it. And what I mean by that is um, don't let the writing be a distraction from you dealing with whatever emotion the bleak moment is bringing on. Um, we'll probably, probably talk about this more once we get into the novella stuff. So I don't want to like dive too deep, but, I probably, if I'm being 100% honest with myself, I probably shouldn't have drafted that novella when I drafted it because I did damage to myself writing that novella when I did. And the reason I say that is because, um, and I, this is something I just honestly just had to recently kind of like come to terms with and grapple with is that um, my writing mentor of like, I don't know, almost 10 plus years died the month before I started drafting the novella. And I never dealt with it. I avoided it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to think too deeply about it. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. You know, I talked to a couple people about it briefly, but um, it was just something I avoided. And I just wrote. And every word of that novella was painful. I will be honest with you. That it was not. It was. I mean, and it's it's I guess it's it's a testament that, you know, my editor was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. It was very exuberant. Like this, this stuff jumped off the page. And for me personally, at the time, it was agony. Like it was not a, it was not something I was enjoying doing. And and I didn't realize until recently that I was like, oh, that's why it sucks so bad. It's because I was I, I, I used it to run away from something and not to speak to something, right? So if you're dealing with the bleak moment, 
and you're trying or wanting to write through it, make sure you're not, make sure it's healing you and not that you're not that you're just trying to avoid the cut, I guess. So, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it because I know we'll probably talk about it later because I know Will wants to do his deep dive and that will probably be, you know, stuff that will probably come up then. But bring yeah. tissues. Oh, well, yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm not going to try to make you cry. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it wasn't it is a, it was a thing, you know, I had to kind of realize like, oh, that's what it was. Grief was in the background of writing this thing the whole time and it wasn't being dealt with. And I don't think that's what Charlie Jane means when she's talking about writing to the bleak moments. Don't use it to avoid processing the things that you need to process. Or I would also say is try not to let any type of grief swallow you if you're writing about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? that's, and, that, yeah. And that's sometimes really hard. It's, it's sometimes hard to not let that grief swallow you as you're writing about it, even unconsciously. I learned that the hard way, you yeah, know, it's, it's not, I, <laughs> for the week it's not fucking fun no um because i was fucking crazy the first month of this year so because um, it sucks you in it's like this hole and it just like it, it pulls you in and it and that not only does it pull you in it cocoons you and it won't let you out yeah and i think when you're a creative person and whether it's through words or it's through art and you're in that space you start to view every interaction through that space and that's not healthy sometimes you have to let go and be like you know what everyone and i had to apologize to the three of you i'm crazy right now i'm sorry like i am not myself you know and that's just sometimes just happens when you're a creative i think sometimes yeah no and sometimes like i mean well marshall you had yours i'm gonna let you go first no 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 no. i i I finish your thought because i have a Follow up to what you guys are talking about. Well, and I was going to kind of mention like good art will bring those emotions out of you in a healthy way. So what kind mm-hmm. of made me realize like that was the grief I had been avoiding was the recent Wakanda movie trailer that came out. Oh, that trailer was ridiculous. And it made me ball. And I watched it over and over and over again. I kept bawling and I was like, why? I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then um, then I realized I was like, Oh, Derek would have loved this movie. Derek was the one who taught me about mm. Black Panther. Derek was the one that, like, you know, sitting, you know. So I just realized I was like, oh, I never dealt with that, and that's and the, and mm. for whatever reason, those what two minutes and thirty seconds, like, cut right to the core of something I had been avoiding for a year and a change, some change almost. So and to be fair, yeah. that song didn't help either. That song was no, ridiculous. No, so yeah. good. <laughs> um, so here's my here's my follow up to what what you guys are talking about. I want to know, and th- and this will this goes back to what Charlie Jane is saying, saying I think too ultimately. But what do, what do you do then if you get if you find yourself caught up in you're working through it, but like you guys are saying, there are moments where the words hurt or you're going to a different a place that you didn't expect. Like, what do you what do you do? Um, because I know folks in our writing communities go through this. And and so 
I don't know, if we're throwing advice around, what do you do, Will? Um, so this happened with my novel. I couldn't understand why I couldn't get through this one part because it wasn't an emotional part. It was just a part that I wasn't going to the next act, right? Like I knew what was happening, but I couldn't write it for some reason. It wasn't writer's block. I knew exactly what was going to happen next. And um, therapy, everyone, because writing is cathartic and writing is, can be healing, but writing does not take the place of therapy. Okay. No art does. Um, My therapist was like, you're dealing with trauma. You're dealing with abandonment issues. And it's coming out in this way because this is what your story is actually really about. And it was like, no, it's not. It's a space opera heist. What are you talking about? And then I actually like read it and I started seeing like, oh, this is why I can't get through this part. So I needed to do work on me feeling what I was feeling and not write it because sometimes you have to write something else. And so I wrote some short stories. I worked, I reworked my one short story, made it into a novella because even though that dealt with grief, that felt like a safe place to allow my grief and trauma to be handled. It hasn't been until like recently that I really could come back to my novel and be like, okay, I processed those emotions and now I'm really ready to handle them in this way that it's coming out. But I know that I can actually stick to the story and the story isn't a hundred percent my life story. You know, I can channel those emotions in different ways. Yeah. Um, therapy is a good one. Um, I think honesty with yourself too is a big thing. Just, um, you gotta be honest if it's hurting you or if it's not doing what you needed to do. If, if i if I was smart, I would have I would have been like, hey, um, can we postpone this by six, seven months? Because it wasn't <laughs> I had the double whammy. And again, I know if I do more of this on the deep dive with the novella, but I had the double whammy. I had just lost my writing mentor a month before I was starting to draft it. And then I had a bit of an unrequited romance come in the same month I started drafting as I'm writing a novel about two people very much deeply in love. Something I probably should not have been trying to touch with a 10-foot pole that I really didn't want to touch. But I was so determined to be, I guess, not admit that I was emotional about these things that like I pushed through. And don't do what I did because that it only hurts you in the end. And I don't just mean in terms of like that story, but in terms of your writing, like it damaged me. I wasn't able to, I haven't actually felt like writing writing was uh something i could do again until maybe like i don't know right before some right before summertime of this year so just be honest with yourself when it's time to stop something and to take a break or to you know or to accept that hey this maybe isn't a project i need to touch right now so that would be my advice on that nick i had a follow-up question for brent but he answered it Cause you said it, it hurts you. And I was going to like, okay, like how does it hurt you? Writing wise, emotionally, therapy wise. It, it did it on all fronts because it was just like, 
literally I was going to the computer or the notebook, whichever I was writing with that day, and literally writing the the thing that reminded me of the thing that was hurting me the most in the the two things that were hurting me the most in that moment. And the one I recognized and the other I didn't recognize until later. But yeah, so literally it was like I was literally like just jamming it, mm. like jamming a knife in me every day. And I was sitting down and writing and not in the good Hemingway way where they talk about bleeding on the page. Like, no, I was like just emotionally wrecking myself day after day after day. And and yeah, so it, it does damage, I think, on all fronts, you know, but especially if, if we're talking about writing it made it that much harder to write anything else because after a while, the writing became associated with this painful ass thing. And so, yeah, don't do that. I also think like, um, like when I think about like Carrie Fisher, when she was writing her uh, novel, she was uh, going through rehab. She was going through like a lot of, heavy points of her life. And she did use writing as an escape, but she would always say, you know, it took me a little bit longer to write that book because I needed to take a break because everything was just too raw. And I, I would not be good to myself and I would not be good for the story that would be coming out and you need to take a break. So I think, you know, you kind of think about that because yes, when something painful or tragic happens, something creative and beautiful can happen, but let's not go with that. You have to be a tortured artist to create, um, great art because that's not true at all. Right. And, and don't, yeah. And at the end of the day, the person, I mean, I don't know if this is even controversial, but I feel like the person is more valuable than the art. Save the person. Like the art can 100%. wait. Yeah. yeah, because they'll be able to create more art, better art when they're right. in a place to do that. Right. So, yeah. Nick? All right. So I love going last, but also at the same time, can you feed me the original question before yeah, I start crying sure. over everything? I, I know. I'm with I'm you, Marshall. Marshall, I'm, I'm with you on here, right? Like, I could see you. I see your chat. Yeah, no, I know. No. I took it. I took it there. Um, you need to go there, though. Well, I think I think Marshall actually had a question, though, that was different than the one I was planning. I think it was the one about, like, uh, what was it, Marshall? Like, yeah, writing just- through... Yeah, what do you, what do you, if you find yourself in that place, what do you do to get through it? Obviously, therapy, you guys were talking about um, these other things, but like we, we all end up in these moments where we want to write but can't write. And if we, if we are writing, sometimes it's, it hurts. So what do we do? So uh, to tackle that question, right? Um, uh, I mean, we had a great residency, Marshall. A lot of my answers are coming from that and what I've learned from those sidebar conversations. Like, yeah, it was a long couple of weeks. <laughs> it was. It, you know, when you're – I feel like when you're in that position and you're writing something and it is more, for lack of a better word, traumatic, um, your character is going through that too. Mm. And I think sometimes one of, one of the pieces of advice that we got was – Take your character out of the situation. Write something different with your character, or write your character processing that emotion, um, because it's that in a sense that's you processing your emotion as well. And I feel like 
if writing, if sitting down to write, you know, especially for you, Brandon, like sitting down to write is it becoming painful every time you do it, right? Uh, you know, a little bit of emotional awareness on this. Like, hey, when I sit down to write, how am I feeling? How am I feeling afterwards when I'm writing this emotional scene? Like, am I good? Am I not? How's my character feeling? Because Hemingway, you'll bleed on the page. Whether you know it or not, that, sh- that shit came out. Right. And so I think a little bit of emotional awareness and emotional challenge on on yourself and checking on yourself and checking on your character who's now going through this with you. You know, if you find yourself, it's painful and it's it's hard and you can't get through it. Take your character and write something else for a little bit. Push them, push them into something else where they cannot be in that feeling again so we can reprocess that emotion. And this goes back to the conversation on our last episode, right? Plot versus structure. Right? Yep. So now we have, you're going through something, you have to put it into the plot, and now it's in your structure, right? To tie all those things together, like, it's a lot. Yeah, no, it, it it's it's a, it's a heavy conversation, discussion. Wow. Um, I didn't, I wasn't exactly planning this when I planned out the questions, but no, I like it. I'm glad we kind of went this route. Um, all right, so I guess this this maybe this is just going to be in the same vein, but um, Charlie Jane also talks about like um, turning your fears into stories, and like she uh, she mentioned, I think kind of talking um, about some of like her fears about being trans in America and how she channeled that into a short story. So I'm gonna ask all of you: Have you ever done that in your work where you've taken one of your own fears and turned it into a story? So um, I'm gonna start with you, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. My short story from last summer, uh, you know, it's being being helpless is a trigger for me uh, when it comes to my like PTSD and stuff like that. So I, I put a character in a position where he was helpless and couldn't do anything about it and was stuck in his own head. Um, and that was hard, man. That was so hard to write uh, for me at that time. Um little tidbit marshall's in that story and i loved it and marshall's the person that helps that character get through it um i lost my, totally lost my train of thought now because i'm thinking about marshall and his wise words mm-hmm. to me all I the know. time i know it's romance bromance no golfing together <laughs> your yeah, polos. We'll, we'll go off and get matching polos and shorts it's okay oh, i can't wait but no you're right though nick that that summer we both chose stories that were um challenging in that same way like i i threw out fear of my kids being bullied like i was and that was the crux of the story that i wrote that um, was a hard summer now to think about that yeah. but i mean it was we it was cried. well we were crying we were writing we were crying we were one you know we were back and forth but like the idea behind it for me though was like okay i'm putting my character in this situation because i fear that my kid will be in this situation like I was when I was, you know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of the, the, the whole thing. I don't remember what the, the point of the question um, was at this point, but um, if we could redirect me, I might be able to wrap yeah, it up. Nah, so it's just about like, um, have you ever, you actually answered it, but it was just, um, have you ever like used your fears to turn it into a story and like, how you've done that? Right. And that's, and that was the fear. The fear is I don't want, I, I, the last thing I want is my kids to, to deal with what I went through when I was their age, you know, and, and, 
And so writing that was difficult, but it helped me process that a little bit and knowing that they're going to be okay. And I'm also here for them in a, in a different way than my parents were, you know what I'm saying? So it was a little reassurance, I think on that, on that level too. So, yeah. All right. Will, uh, what about you? Just for the record, Will's been making beaker faces at everybody for the yeah, last 10 minutes. And I'm just, I just want to call you out for that. Okay. <laughs> Get your polo shirts. Everyone's going to think I'm evil. Um, um, I think I've put in some of my stories of when my greatest fear actually happened. And I think that's given me perspective with everything else that's happened. I think any of my other fears, it's always weighed against with a big event that happened in my life that really just changed everything. So I think what my stories do is allow me to heal from that by, by dealing with things of grief and death, because it constantly comes up in all of my work in different ways. Some of it's really good. Some of it's not so good. Some of it's very sad. Some of it is complex with my novel. I think it's complex about abandonment and death. Um, and I think that's okay. I don't think I'm trying to, um, you know what? I'm not even trying to answer anything the way that I'm feeling about grief. I'm just, cause I feel so many different things about grief, right? This whole entire idea that there are seven stages of grief. I don't believe it for an, a minute. I don't think time heals everything. It does not. I think what happens is you have moments where you can cope better than others, but when something deeply changes you, like grief, it will be a roller coaster for the rest of your life. And that's not a, a bad, that's not a pessimistic thing to say. It's a, it's a thing of like, it's okay if you're 23, 29 years later having a moment and having still to grieve about it. And then most of the time you're fine. And then you can laugh about things and you can laugh about something that's morbid that happened. So I feel like, you know, that's what I try to put in my stories. I think unconsciously. Well, I'm glad you do because I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. I mean, we don't have seven stages of joy. I don't know why the hell we have to speak. <laughs> That's a good point. Exactly. And you know what? If anyone ever says, like, oh, everything happens for a reason. Oh, God. No, motherfuckers. It does not. Life is chaotic and random and terrible things happen. Well, (laughs) and then my thing is, you know what? Even if, say, even if you truly, really believe that, do you think someone in that moment, in that situation needs to hear that? Right. That's what they need to hear. It's not helpful. Anyway, yeah, that's, I I have a whole, I could go on a whole rant about that. But, I know we're coming up some time. So. <laughs> Spikes. Yeah, with exactly. rusty nails in it. Yeah. Like just exactly. May you get an infection from that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're wrapping up the introduction of Charlie yeah, Jane Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Way to wrap it up. Um there's some there's some things we actually didn't get a chance to cover, which uh we may later, but yeah, no, this was uh this was a really good discussion. Um 
like I said, this is just broad strokes of some of the things Charlie Jane is going to talk about further in the book. There's actually a lot. It, the, the introduction is really rich. So there's a lot we didn't even get a chance to cover in here. But um, what we did cover, as you can tell, really great start for uh, the book is is really awesome. And um, I'm hoping that through these discussions, everyone kind of feels empowered to like go out there and just write. I'm not even going to say like write a good story, write a story that feels true to you. Cause like, you know, we get so caught up in good or bad stories that we forget to write the stories that actually matter to us. So I'm hoping that's what this, this book and all these discussions bring out. Yeah. And I want to remind everyone that this is a multi-part episode because we're really going to unpack this book and we're going to have lots of questions for each other and it's going to be a fun ride and we'll have a break when we um, do uh, Brent's interview for his novella that comes out in October. Right. Mm. Yeah. So some of what I talked about today, I guess we'll probably be a little more in depth in that particular discussion. Way in depth. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so excited because I don't have to read a book a week for, school i can fully read your stuff now well that honestly marshall there's a reason that 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 that, what i've been telling y'all is like part of the reason y'all didn't read earlier drafts is that i just was not in a place where i felt like i could even share that thing with anybody but i got it that's totally okay but now y'all will get to see it and we could talk about it in all its whatever when the time in all its glory can't wait. Number one bestseller for 52 weeks in the year. Ooh, Just waiting yeah, for it to get you. to my house at this point. We'll get that <laughs> house he wanted. <laughs> no, no, I'm waiting for the book to get to my house. Um, if anybody wants to buy me a house, I'm fine with that as well. Okay. When I win the Powerball, I got you. Oh, boy. We lost that. Bad. You sell your book. All right. Time to go. All right. All right. <laughs> Good job, team. <laughs> you guys are crazy. And this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. You can find us at justkeepwriting.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to any of us on our social medias, and please jump in our Just Keep Writing Discord channel. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Lastly, please support our show by going to patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. We offer daily writing prompts, early access to podcast episodes, and much more. Thanks for listening, and just keep writing. (laughs) 